Thank you, Bryce. Man, let's give it up for our band, right? Yes. They did an awesome job. Thank you guys so much for bringing us worship. Um, I'm going to steal this stand. Listen, I'm so glad to be with you guys this morning. And um, I'm really excited to talk about what we're going to talk about. We are in week three of Squad Up. Now, you guys all know what a squad is. And uh, we've been talking about how to be uh, an efficient squad, how to be unified as a squad. And this week, we're going to talk about how we can grow as a squad. But first, we're going to have a little bit of fun, okay? We're going to play a game. Raise your hand if you like games. We all like games. We're going to play a game. Here's how this game is going to work. Everybody is going to play this game, and you've got to be willing to talk, okay? You don't have to talk to me. You don't have to talk in front of anybody. you got to talk with the people who are sitting around you. The game that we're going to be playing is called Oatmeal Raisin versus Chocolate Chip, okay? First of all, I love games involving food, okay? They're my favorite. Raise your hand if you're in this room and you are a chocolate chip cookie person. Oh, yeah. You're my people. That's how, I like to, that's how I like to eat cookies. I like them cold. I like them warm. I like them with milk. I like them with nothing to drink. Chocolate chip's the way to go. Now, raise your hand if you're an oatmeal raisin person in this room. Mr. Frank's the only one. Who likes fruit in their cookies, Mr. Frank's? <laughs> um, yeah, they're okay. You know, I'll eat them sometimes, but they're not my favorite. Um, so we're going to play this game. Here's how it works. There's going to be a picture on the screen, and you got, it's going to be blurred out. And you guys are going to decide whether or not it's an oatmeal raisin cookie or a chocolate chip cookie. But before we play, I just want to point out this guy in the corner, okay? He is ready to roll. He's got his hat on. I, I, I enjoyed seeing him last night whenever I noticed him. So let's play. Let's start with the first picture. Here it is. Okay. What do you guys think? Tell me what you think. Talk among yourselves. She says oatmeal raisin. You think it's oatmeal raisin? Oatmeal? What do you think, Aaron? Oatmeal raisin? Let's see it. Oatmeal raisin. You were close, Aaron. Good job. Let's, let's give it up for those who knew it was oatmeal raisin. Yes. Yes. Good job. Okay, let's see the next one. What do you guys think? Oatmeal raisin or chocolate chip? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Chocolate chip? Anybody say oatmeal raisin? He does. All right, let's see. Chocolate chip. First of all, before we move on. That's an ugly chocolate chip cookie, okay? And it's huge. It's like covering the whole plate. All right, let's see the next picture. Oatmeal raisin and chocolate chip. Raise your hand if you think chocolate chip. Raise your hand if you think oatmeal raisin. Okay, we're about split. Let's see. Chocolate chip. Those are some weird-looking chocolate chip cookies. That's all I'm saying. Would you guys try those? They say no. Let's see what's next. Ooh. She says chocolate chip. He says chocolate chip. What do you guys think? Raise your hand if you think it's chocolate chip. Raise your hand if you think it's oatmeal raisin. I think it's oatmeal raisin. Let's see what it is. Oatmeal raisin. That's what I'm talking about. That cookie looks, that, that looks like it's a picture of a cookie. That's not, like a per, that's not like a real cookie that someone took a photo of, right? It's like a representation. Let's see. What's next? Ooh. So I'm hearing a bunch of chocolate chip. Let's see if you guys are right. Oatmeal raisin. But look. But hang on. It, aren't there chocolate chips in oatmeal raisin cookies? Or no? Sorry. I thought there were. Let's see what's next. 
Okay, which cookie has more calories? Chocolate chip, oatmeal, raisin? Who thinks it's chocolate chip? Who thinks it's oatmeal, raisin? Okay, couple, couple, let's see. Chocolate chip. It's chocolate. Chocolate's really high in calories, really high in fat. Let's see what's next. Which has more sodium or salt? Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip, oatmeal, raisin. So I think Levi is right. He says oatmeal raisin. That guy is loving this. Look at him. He's got salt. I love it. And this guy is really mad. Okay, what do you guys think this is? Somebody said, you know what's crazy? In the last, in the last one, they said blueberry well. Let's see if you're right. Blueberry cookie. Chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> Look, that's a lot of chocolate, though. I don't know if I would like that one because I'm not a huge fan of, like, the chocolate. Let's see what's next. What percentage of Americans say chocolate chip is their favorite cookie? 75? Let me hear from more people. 50? What do you think? 65? 50? 85? Wow, that's hot. Huh? 63? Okay. 99% of Americans. Let's see if Aaron is right. 53%. Only off by about 40. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we saw this room. Most of you guys said it was, it was your favorite cookie, but there are more Mr. Franks out there. Oh, is your favorite snickerdoodle? Gotcha. Okay, let's do this. Raise your hand if chocolate chip's your favorite cookie. Okay, so it goes down. Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. I am definitely a chocolate chip guy. That's my favorite. I think there's one more. What do you guys think? Oatmeal raisin, chocolate chip. Let's see what it is. Oatmeal raisin for the win. That was awesome. You guys did a great job. Hey, let's give it a round, a round of applause for everybody who participated. Absolutely. Yes, good job. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to jump into week three of Squad Up, okay? And the main idea that we're going to talk about this week is that we can all grow together. Okay, now, here's the deal. Most of you have been on some type of team or you've been on some, in some type of, type of class, people who are a squad, right? And I'm going to ask you this question. What are some characteristics of a good squad? What does a team need to do in order to succeed? You guys see here that I have a whiteboard. So I'm going to be writing on the whiteboard what you guys think. So just yell it out to me. What are some things that team, teamwork, absolutely. Look, don't judge my smelling, don't judge my handwriting, okay? It's not going to be good. Teamwork, okay? Who else? What does the team need to succeed? Josh doesn't know. Okay, fine, think about it. What do you guys think? Friendship. Okay, great. Absolutely. Friendship. Okay, who else? Communication. Very good, Luke. Communication. Horrible speller. Don't make fun of me, okay? Cooper. Huh? Loud trucks. That may be true in some situations, but I don't think we need to put it on our board. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah. Sportsmanship, okay, I love it. They have to be sportsmanlike. Okay, who else? Anybody got anything else? What else does a team need to do in order to succeed? Oh, very good. They need to be Christ-like. I'm coming back to you, Josh. 
Christ-like. Okay, Josh. Huh? A good appetite? Okay, they're, they're hungry, they're driven. We'll put driven. Uh, you see, you like how I spin that there? They're driven. Good job. Horrible speller. Again, don't make fun of me, okay? I know it's bad. Faith, right? What you got? Ooh, she says a good one. Patience. And I know I'm going to spell this word wrong, okay? Don't make fun of me. P-A-T-ence. There it is. Patience. <laughs> I need to be in Mr. Frank's class. He could teach me how to. Josh. Hang on. Sorry. I dropped my cat. Say it again. Guts. I love it. You got to have guts. You got to be willing to take risks. Okay. I know how to spell that one, guys. Listen. I think we got a pretty good list here, right? I think we got a pretty good list. These are some of the characteristics a team needs in order to succeed. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start off this morning by telling you guys a couple stories. I'm going to tell you about a time that I was on a team and we did succeed. I'm going to tell you about a time when I was on a team and we didn't succeed. And then I'm going to tell you about a time um, that shows us how all this relates to the church. It relates to us, right? So I'm going to start off by telling you guys a story. When I was in high school, I was a swimmer. So you'll see a picture of a swimmer up here. This is Michael Phelps and a couple other guys that we don't know their names, but they're amazing swimmers, okay? Listen, when I was in high school, I was a swimmer. I loved swimming. Swimming was good. I didn't really know about, like, the sport of swimming. I just knew I liked to swim in water, right? Raise your hand if you like to swim in water. Yes. Raise your hand if swim time is your favorite time at Camp La Bahia. Hey, no? Nobody? Well, that's true. You sixth graders, you haven't gone yet. And the lake, and seventh graders, and the lake is kind of stinky, right? So it's not always fun to swim in. But for me, swimming was so much fun. So I knew I wanted to be on the swim team. I went out, I tried out, I made the team. Swimming typically is a one-person sport, right? It's you and the water, and that's it. Be the water, right? Um, however, there are some um, events in the swim, at a swim meet that are relay teams. Okay, so what that means is I would be on the team, maybe Aiden would be, Mason, and then Jack or Luke. So we would be on the team, and we would be swimming together, Right? Um, and here's how it works. One person gets up on the block or the diving thing, and they jump in, and they swim all the way down and all the way back. And once they touch this wall, the next person jumps and swims and back and jumps and swims, and just like that. So it's clear that these guys have already swam. This guy on the right is completely dead, right? He just got out of the water. They're probably watching the last leg of the race. You've got to be a good team if you want to succeed in a swim team. You've got to have teamwork. You gotta be friends so you can know how each other swim. You gotta have good communication. You gotta be sportsmanlike. Even if you swim a bad race, you gotta have guts. You gotta be driven. All these things, you have to have those things if you wanna succeed as a squad. So, one year on the swim team, I was a part of this really good relay team. I mean, we were fast. We beat everybody that we raced around Wilson. And so, we were like, we can go farther, right? And so, we did well throughout the season. And then we went to regionals. And we did really well at regionals, right, which is a big, crazy event with all these different schools. And then eventually we made it to the state championship, right? Now, I wish I could stand up here and tell you that we won. But we didn't because there's some crazy good swimmers at the state championship. But we worked together well, and so we succeeded, right? I needed my teammates to succeed in that relay team, on that relay team. Now, I'm going to tell you about a story where we didn't succeed because... When you're on a team, you swim a whole season together. And sometimes we got disqualified. OK? 
okay? That's a really bad word in swimming. You never want to hear that. You see, swimming is very specific in that if you make one little mistake, your whole team can be disqualified and the race doesn't even matter. For instance, if Aiden was in the water and he was swimming towards, I've got to wait until he touches the wall before I jump off and swim. If I go even a tenth of a second before he touches that wall, we're going to get disqualified, okay? And our race is going to be pointless. And so if we don't work together, we're not going to succeed. If we don't have good communication, if I don't know how Aiden swims, if I don't know, is he going to take another stroke before he hits the wall? All these things, we're not going to succeed, right? It takes a lot of things for a squad to succeed. And you might be asking, well, Drew, what does that, this have anything to do with God? What does this have anything to do with, you know, church and, and the people who are in the church? You see, just like I needed my teammates on the swim team, I need people in the church if I'm going to grow in my relationship with God, right? And that brings me to the main idea today, and it's this, is that together we can grow. And that's going to be up on the screen. And, and you guys are going to hear me constantly come back to this point. We can grow together. Now, here's the cool thing. I'm going to tell you guys a story about my life that proves this is true. And it has nothing to do with swimming. And it has everything to do with how I'm involved in the church. So I grew up in church. I was in third grade when I started coming to peace. Actually, we used to meet in this room. With Mr. Tony Sebastian, it was called The Backyard. And over here, there was this big wall, and there were these boxes where you would come up on stage and you would open the box, and some would have candy, but some would have like a smelly sock or whatever. Yeah, it was a good time. Either way, I grew up in the church. And when I got into high school, I really started walking away from God, right? I started doing the things that the world told me was fun, like going out and partying or, you know, having fun or whatever. So I started walking away from God. And I realized that that life wasn't good or fun or right. And so I decided that I needed to come back to church. And when I did, I learned that I needed people around me if I was going to grow in my relationship with God. I wasn't going to be able to do it on my own, right? If Cooper wants to grow in his relationship with God, I can't expect him to do it on his own. Levi's got to come beside him and help him. And Josh has to come beside him and walk with him so that he can grow together. You see, I started meeting with Pastor Aaron, and I started growing. And he started walking with me and helping me live life like a Christian. And I got involved in a small group, and the people that I was with helped me succeed. And so just like I needed the people on my swim team to win a match or a swim race, I need the people in the church to help me grow in my relationship with God. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about we can grow together. And Paul's going to show us that in Ephesians chapter 4. So if you guys have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't, we're going to have it on the screen, okay? Very easy. Um, you guys are just going to be able to read on the screen. And before we jump into this first section of Scripture, let me give you guys a recap. Because we're squad up week 3. And all this, it's all connected. So squad up week 1. Does anybody remember what we talked about? Probably not, I'll tell you. We talked about everybody can be in God's family, okay? Every single one of us can be in God's family. Week two, we talked about we can forgive others because Jesus forgave us, right? We talked, Pastor Mike had the boxes up here, and the boxes were separating us, and Jesus comes in and kicks down the boxes, and it was awesome, right? This week, we're going to talk about how we can grow together. And so let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 4 to see how Paul tells us to do that. 
The first verses we're going to look at is verses 1 through 6. It's going to be up on the screen. If you guys would read along with me, here's what it says. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with all patience. called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Thank you. The batteries died out there for a while. Um, so you're saying, Mr. Drew, Listen, that's a lot of words. I really need you to help me understand it. I can do that. Study this throughout the week. And here's the main idea that I think Paul is telling us through this verse of scripture. It says this, the church should be unified because of our faith in Jesus. The church should be unified because of our faith in Jesus. Look at what it says in verse two. It says, with all humility, bear with one another in love. And so the word humility means like forget about yourself, right? Forget about Josh, forget about Mason, forget about Jenna, and love one another. That's what Paul's saying, right? And then he tells us why we should do that. He says, because we have one faith, right? All of us can be a part of God's family. All of us can forgive one another if we put our faith in Jesus, right? We all have the same faith. We're unified by that. We are together because of that. And that's exactly what Paul is saying. So here's what I want to say. No matter your upbringing, no matter if you feel like you're worth it, no matter your color, no matter your political differences, no matter if you think girls are stinky or that guy's a jerk or, or whatever, no matter your differences, we can all be unified. Why? Because we have faith in Christ. And so if you're a follower in here today, you can be unified with the people of God. And that's what Paul is telling us. Verse 5, he says, there's one faith, one Lord, one God. That's what unifies me with those of you who are following Jesus in here. Not because like we like the same video game or because like we're friends, but because we serve the same God. And all that points back to this idea that we can grow together, right? If we can be unified, then we can grow together. And that's, what, that's exactly what Paul is about to talk about in the next verse of Scripture. But I want you guys to think about this illustration before we go there. Raise your hand if you like basketball. Boom. I love basketball. It's my favorite sport to watch. Um, right now I'm watching the NBA playoffs. My man LeBron James made it to the NBA finals. They're going to get that championship. Raise your hand if you like LeBron James. That's my guy. Hey, I see you, Mike. I see you, Mike. LeBron James is my guy, okay? Goat, goat James, all right? Let's talk about it afterwards if you want to argue. Either way, in a basketball game, here's how it works. There's two different teams. Some of you guys didn't know that. You're like, thanks, Mr. Drew. I hate basketball. I'm like, you're welcome. There's two teams in a basketball game, okay? And they're playing against each other. One team is trying to score in that hoop, and one team is trying to score in that hoop. If LeBron James is on a team, he's not going to go score in the wrong hoop, okay? He's not going to put the basket in the hoop of the other team. Why isn't he going to do that, you say? Well, because his team has one goal, and they are unified under that goal, right? And so that goal is to win and to score points. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. We are unified because of our faith in Jesus. 
And so we bear with one another. We love one another. And it allows us to be unified under one common goal. All so that we can grow together. That's exactly what Paul's going to show us in this next uh, section of Scripture. It's verses 11 through 16. We're going to throw it up on the screen and I'll read along with you guys, okay? Here's what it says. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes. And there's a little bit more on the next slide. Rather, speaking to the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And again, you're like, Mr. Drew, that's a whole bunch of words. And I'm like, I can simplify it for you. Here's what I think Paul is trying to tell us in this passage of Scripture. If we are unified, we can grow together. Okay? If we are unified, we can grow together. We just talked about how we can all be unified because we have faith in Jesus. Right? We all need Jesus. Because he came here, he died on the cross for the sin that you and I can't make right. So we can be unified because of that. And then Paul says, well, if we are unified, then we can grow together. It, it, it's, it's awesome what he talks about when he talks about the church as a body, right? He talks about how um, we can speak the truth in love to one another. We can become mature and we can grow in our relationships if we are unified. I want you guys to think about a body, okay? All of us have a body, right? I got an arm. You guys got arms. You got legs. You got hands and feet. Um, feet? Feet. <laughs> um, we all have a body, Right? Each part of our body is important. Mason, what would happen if, sorry, yeah, Mason, what would happen if I didn't have a tongue? I wouldn't be able to taste. What else would happen? Yeah. I wouldn't be able to talk. Okay, what would happen if I didn't have one eyeball? Yeah, things, I wouldn't be able to see the same, right? Things would be different. What would happen if I lost both of my thumbs? Yeah, couldn't give a thumbs up. I definitely couldn't use chopsticks. Can't text? Okay. Hey, that's a good one. Maybe you could voice text. Hello, exclamation point. No. Um, okay. Hey, how about this? How about this? What would happen if I lost both of my big toes? I would be wobbly, right? I wouldn't have great balance. I definitely wouldn't be able to play basketball like LeBron James since I can do that. Um, listen, all the parts of our body are important, right? Here's the thing. Paul paints this picture for us, and he says the, the church, the people, you guys are like the body of Christ, right? And so you may be a foot, or you may be a mouth, or you may be a tongue, which means maybe you're good at going and reaching people, and maybe you're good at talking with people, and maybe you're good at, at working and serving others. And so God wants to use each and every one of our special ability to unify us and to help us grow as a church, to help us even grow personally too, right? And so what Paul is trying to say in verses 11 through 16 is that if we are unified, we can grow together. You guys listen to this. 
if we want to impact each other for God, we have got to be together. It's true. If we want to impact Peace Church for God, we have got to work together, right? If we want to impact Wilson County for God, we have got to work together. If we want to impact the world for God, we have got to work together. And that's what Paul is telling the church in Ephesus. And he's also saying that to the church, the people in Wilson, right? If we want to be, if we are unified, we can grow together. That brings us to the last point that I think Paul is going to make. And that's found in verses 21 through 24. It'll be up on the screen. Here's what it says. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put your old self, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Here's what Paul's trying to say in that last little passage that we read. Because we are unified, we will look more like Jesus. So let's kind of recap. Paul says we can be unified because of our faith in Jesus. And then he says, if we are unified, we can grow together. And then he says, because we are unified, our lives will look more like Jesus. See, students, I want this to be the story of Peace Students Youth Ministry. I want us to be unified so that each and every one of us can look more like Jesus. Because that's exactly what Paul says is going to be good for the church. And so you're saying this to me. You're saying, okay, Mr. Drew, I get it. I need to be unified, right? I need to grow. You know, maybe you're thinking, I need to come to church more, right? Maybe you're thinking, I need to be here every Wednesday, every Sunday. That's true. That's awesome. That's good. We want you here. Maybe you're thinking, I need to sing louder when they sing songs. I see some of y'all, y'all be, uh, uh, uh. y'all need to sing louder, right? Maybe you're thinking you need to sing louder. Maybe you're thinking like, I need to know more about the Bible. Listen, all these things are good. And listen, I want you to sing to the top of your lungs. But those aren't the things that make us grow in our relationship with God. They help, right? We should do those things in order to help us grow. I believe that growing in our relationship with God means this. We look more like Jesus today than we did yesterday. Pastor Mike says this all the time. He says, if I look more like Jesus tomorrow than I did today, then I'm following Jesus. Here's the thing. The only way that we can do that, Mason, Cooper, Levi, everybody's in this room, Leo, Aaron, Dion, these ladies over here, Ava, Jenna, Emily, the only way that we can do this is if we work together. And that's exactly what Paul's saying. Because again, the main idea of the message today is that we can grow together. And so here's what I want to do. I want to I wanna run with you guys through some application points. Through some things that you can do, even this week, to help you grow with others. So Mike, if you will throw those up on the screen. How can I grow with others? I love this section. This is, this is such a fun section to talk about, so let's talk about it. Number one, be real with your squad. Let people know what you're going through. Talk with people about the things that have hurt you, maybe, or the things that, that, that you are going through. Let them into your life. Learn with your squad. Talk with your squad about 
the scripture. Talk with your squad about questions you have about faith. Be open with them, right? Look at this. Add to your squad. Invite people to come and be a part of your squad, a part of your friend group. There's open seats in here. We want them here on Sunday mornings. And then lastly, stick with your squad. Notice when people are walking away from God. Because student, when I was in 10th, 11th grade, I began to walk away from God. And I needed people to stick with me. To tell me, what are you doing, man? Jesus is better than this. You guys have the responsibility and, and the privilege to do that for other people in your life. And here's what's really, really cool about all four of these points. Pastor Mike and I have worked really hard to give you guys an environment that you can do every single one of these points. And that's on Wednesday nights in your small groups, right? Because you can come to your small group and you can be real with your squad, right? The people in there, you can be open with them when your small group leader asks a question. You can, you can talk to them about what you're going through. You can be real with your squad there. You can learn with your squad there. You can hear what they're saying. You can ask questions about your Bible reading. I know for a fact on Wednesday night, if you came here, you told your small group leader, I have a question about the scripture that I'd like to talk about with the group. They would absolutely love that. I know that for a fact. So you can learn with your squad. Number three, you can add to your squad. You can invite people to come out on Wednesday nights, hang out, play some basketball, join us in our small group, and you can stick with your squad. You can call people out when they're being, when they're walking away from the Lord. For me, I was just loud in small group, and maybe I needed somebody to tell me, hey, you know, stop talking. We're trying to be serious here. Small groups are a perfect place for you guys to grow with others. Now, I'm not stupid. I know some of you guys are thinking, the people in my small group are horrible, right? You guys are angry about it. You're like, they're lame. I don't like them. Maybe, maybe, maybe somebody's been mean to you. This is serious. Maybe somebody's been mean to you in the past and they're in your small group on Wednesday. Or, or maybe, you know, maybe they like the girl that you like or whatever, right? Maybe there's all these little bits of tension. Here's the thing, all that stuff is so temporary. And whether or not you grow in your walk with God right now is the most important thing you can do with your life. And so you need to be willing to say, maybe that person bullied me, but I'm gonna be open with my group. I'm gonna be real with my group. I'm gonna add people to this group. I'm gonna learn with my group. And then also you're gonna stick with your group. Now it's not exclusive to small groups, right? You can do this with your friends and stuff as you are in school, but man, this week, I want you guys to think about how can I grow with others, especially as y'all come out on Wednesdays, and how can you grow with others? Because here's the thing, we can grow together. Thank you guys for listening. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to be um, dismissed. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the fact that you have given us each other so that we can grow together. I thank you for the scripture that you've shown this morning, the, the, the challenges that you've given me um, in my life to be able to grow with others. God, I pray that as these students come and be a part of this ministry, they will see the importance of growing with one another. God, I just pray a blessing over these students that they would grow together, be unified because of what you did on the cross, and then look more like you every single day. God, give us a good week. Help us to come and 
be focused and love you and our small groups on Wednesday. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.